What's up, Bruin Bible listeners? This is your host, Will Decker. I uh, wanted to reach out and say thank you guys for all the listens, all the love. We see it on social media. We see it on YouTube. It has been sensational. And we want to encourage you guys, if you guys are enjoying the podcast and liking it, that you guys subscribe and like it, uh, whether it's on YouTube, on our UCLA LAFB channel, or the Bruin Bible, uh, to subscribe either through Spotify, Apple Podcasts, however you guys listen and react to it because it's going to allow us to do much greater things in the future. We're creators. We want to be giving the best Bruins content to all of our UCLA listeners. The only way we can do that is if we have a fan base that is locked in and helping us out. So we appreciate you guys. We love you guys. If you guys have been liking it, please help us out with a like and subscribe. What is up Los Angeles Friday afternoon might be a game this weekend. Oh, that's right. It's the Victory Bell game this weekend. The Battle of Crosstown Foes, USC Trojans against UCLA Bruins. It's going to be at the Coliseum on Saturday, 12.30 p.m. start time, as it should be, too. We need it in the morning. That's just how it's traditionally been. I've got a guy to my right, the man, the myth, the legend, the madman who is uniquely qualified to talk about this rivalry. We are going to touch upon... All the storylines coming into this game. I know it's been a little disappointing season for both these teams, but you got to throw all that out when it comes to a rivalry game of this magnitude and what this means to the West Coast. We're going to talk about the advantages that UCLA has. We're going to talk about the advantages USC has. It's going to be a blast. But before we get into that, we got to talk about our sponsor for the Bruin Bible and for ESPN Radio. It is Underdog Fantasy. I want to tell you guys the easiest way to get action in on the NCAA, it's underdog fantasy in their pick'em game. Just pick higher or lower on your favorite or least favorite player stats, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. Underdog keeps it super simple with their easy-to-use website and mobile apps. Pick between two and five players to fill out your pick'em entry. Get every pick right and take home some cold, hard cash. Use the code UCLA-LAFB and get your first deposit doubled up to a $500 by Underdog. And for reference... If you guys put in $500, you're going to get matched by Underdog $500 if you use that code UCLA LAFB. Make sure to check it out. Sign up now with that code UCLA LAFB and you'll double your first deposit to $500 bonus cash when you make your first deposit of $10 or more. Guys, Underdog Fantasy, it's the place you got to want to gamble at. Guys, we're diving into it. Madman, you are in a uniquely qualified position to talk about this rivalry. You went to both schools, USC, UCLA. It's Really, you know, ingrained in the fabric of Los Angeles. I've always said this, you know, Lakers, Dodgers, those are the teams they care about the most. USC, UCLA is in that stratosphere when it comes to this rivalry. The city really rallies around this. It's such a fun game to talk about, get hyped for, you know, talk trash to the other side. You know, what does this rivalry mean to you as somebody that's been, you know, in the trenches of this, you know, probably since you were an early to late teenager? Yeah, well, it's just such a special rivalry. There's nothing like it in the entire country and and possibly the entire world when you talk about two schools separated, Will, by 12 miles. And so it 
it creates just this this proximity creates a very unique dynamic and one side is is all about re, you know service and and equity and quality and and UCLA kind of the values and then the other side is sort of showtime and hollywood you know with with USC and and those two kind of go against each other at times and and there's a tremendous amount of friction uh, ideologically which makes it so fun but then you sort of pepper it in with folks like me who who went to undergrad one place grad school another place you talk about kind of house divided you know husbands and wives are gone to different places siblings have gone to different places you know uh, parents and children have gone to different places so it's just such a fun rivalry in that regard where you feel it on a day-to-day basis and i just can't wait for this game it means so much to the city and those bragging rights mean everything in terms of recruiting in terms of getting kind of a leg up on the following year in terms of momentum and just being able to sort of state the claim of being the LA City champion uh, in such a recruiting hotbed means everything. So I just can't wait for this game on Saturday. And I'm just so excited for our beloved Bruins, Will. It's been a tough couple of weeks. Can they rally? Can they galvanize in the ultimate of games? And the opportunity is very much there, man, for as talented as USC was, the, you know, the circus, the show that they have out there, man. It was really much make the college football playoff or bust, and they have fallen short of that in a dramatic fashion. And defense is largely to blame. Caleb Williams still doing a lot of Caleb Williams-like things, 29 touchdowns through the air, only four interceptions. He's had the offense going. You can't totally blame what the offense has had. It's been the defensive side of the football where it has been just a mess, to say the least. 123rd in the nation in total defense, 120th in points allowed per game this year, and 119th and passing yards allowed per game. Guys, just to reference how bad this is, there are 130 Division I teams. They are ranking in the bottom 10 of those categories uh, for all of Division I football. And we're talking about like the Sun Belt and the MAC and all these conferences like this. It has been a nightmare for USC's defense this year. What are some of the keys you'd be looking for if USC, uh, you know, may have a chance this weekend? You know, luckily, UCLA's quarterback play has been so inconsistent. They're going to probably get the easiest matchup they've had in a month and a half, given how tough USC's schedule has been. Will, the way I look at this game is, it, what is the best version of UCLA? What is UCLA's A game? UCLA's A game is a, a, a physical, nasty, aggressive front seven that creates havoc on opposing backfields and quarterbacks when this team is locked in defensively. We've talked about it. This is not just a, a top 10 defense nationally, but on when they're pitching their fastball, you can make the argument it could very well be the best defense in America. Then you talk about physical north and south running with Carson Steele and then being able to kind of change that pace every now and then with the TJ Harden and a Keegan Jones to sort of break it deep. And then the third element is strong game management from the likes of Ethan Garbers, particularly in that Stanford game, second half of the Colorado game. So when you talk about elite defense, a commitment to running the football and game managing through the air, that A game, Will, is better than USC's A game. Because if both teams come in with their A games, UCLA is actually the better football team and the better matchup. Now the question becomes how likely is the A game is going to appear. And that's, I think, really where the conversation starts here. Who's going to start at quarterback? There's legitimately four guys who could start at quarterback. Where 
is the sense of this team from a psyche standpoint with the last two weeks? There's been a lot of conversation about how much they've tuned in or tuned out Chip Kelly, rightfully or wrongfully. And so the question now becomes, how engaged are they going to be? How passionate they're going to be? But Because if you see this matchup, Will, this actually favors UCLA quite significantly. And I think what's so unique about this game is on one side, you have absolutely a compelling game. When you talk about a top 10 defense nationally against the reigning Heisman winner and essentially a top 10 offense, this is best on best, Will. You are potentially going to get one of the games of the year in the Pac-12 when you look at that matchup if both teams are pitching their fastball. And then on the other side, it's almost going to be a comedy of errors because you're looking at the team that can't stop a nosebleed in USC, probably the worst defense in America, against a team that has been so offensively challenged the last couple of weeks with UCLA. Bruins only averaging eight and a half points per game over their last two games. Who's going to start a quarterback? What is that going to look like? So you you put both of those games and, and both of those sides of the field together, you've got something incredibly compelling on one side and something potentially comedic on the other side. And so I think it's going to create a, a dynamite atmosphere. All right, I'm going to pitch this to you for UCLA side of things. This is the Cardinal Red side of things. I also want to mention the jersey matchup in this game is oh. so iconic on so many different levels. That baby blue and that Cardinal Red just going at it. Just an awesome uniform rivalry, to say the least. If USC is going to you know, get back on course, kind of have a win that corrects the future for themselves with Lincoln Riley at the helm, who are some of the guys that you'd be looking for on the USC side of things that can get it wrong going against this very tough and vaunted UCLA defense. Well, I think obviously everything starts with Caleb Williams and they've, they've sort of had to rely heavily on Caleb Williams uh, over the course of this season. I think they've gotten in trouble where the game has turned into a sandlock game too often. And it's just kind of Caleb Williams scrambling around, improvising, making plays that have gone tremendously off script. I think if USC is going to be successful in this game, they have to play within some confines of a structure and the ball has to come out earlier from Caleb Williams's hand. So I look at guys like a Taj Washington to have a big game because he seems to be Caleb's primary target when he's getting the ball out quickly. And then I look at a guy like Marshawn Lloyd, the running back to have a big game, both from the backfield as well as receiving out of the backfield. I think those two guys, if they start playing really well, I think that's a recipe for good things happening for USC. Yeah. And then like, just to kind of follow up with the UCLA aspect of things, man, four quarterbacks could potentially be thrown out there for what we know. Dante Moore got banged up. It looked like a likely concussion a couple weeks ago. He has been cleared to practice. He was cleared officially to go last week. Chip wanted to keep Colin Schley in there to kind of protect his young guy. Garbers is practicing at full strength this week for UCLA. Schley, you know, he was the quarterback last week to mix results at best there and then you got a guy that we believe should be thrown into the competition in chase griffin if none of those guys are good to go i actually think we win the arizona state game if chase griffin is out there this guy's a leader he's shown a ton of moxie we obviously know about all the off-field accolades this guy's going to be a u.s senator a president whatever this guy wants to do when he leaves his time on the football field he'll be able to achieve six touchdowns to two interceptions in his starting duties back from 2020 when he's played Chase Griffin. I mean, is there an option for Chase Griffin to kind of come in here 
and you know be the story of the rivalry if he's able to get on the football field for UCLA. Will, wouldn't that be so special? And I think it's, there's a real path there. And, and you and I have talked about how much we would be excited about this potentially. I think it comes down to one factor here, Will. I think it comes down to Ethan Garbers' health. And I think for me, if I'm Chip, I'm sort of looking at it as 85%. If Garbers is above 85% from a health standpoint, I start Garbers. If Garbers is below 85%, I'm going with Chase Griffin over Schley, over Dante Moore. Because what you need in this game, more than anything else, Will, is ambassadorship. It's been such a challenging year for UCLA, particularly these last few weeks, the narrative around the, this team's unity, who's the coach going to be, what is this team looking like moving forward. You need someone to be able to galvanize this locker room and talk about how important this rivalry is and what it means to be a UCLA Bruin. And nobody epitomizes that more than Chase Griffin. And the fact that he's been around this program for half a decade, all of the accolades you mentioned off the field, Will, he's such an ambassador and a steward and a symbol of this program to have him be your signal caller, use those leadership skills in the locker room to bring this offense and defense together in a unified fashion and then go out there and lead his team against the arch rival would be an absolutely compelling story. And I think he's uniquely positioned to be able to do that. And not only this week, I would go with Chase Griffin the last two weeks of the season because Cal and the dynamic with UCLA leaving to the Big Ten has, has created kind of a similar animosity with Cal this year. I would want to roll with my best leader, my best ambassador. And that to me is Chase Griffin, Will. So if Garbers is below 85%, I skip Dante Moore. I think he's been through so much physically, mentally, emotionally. I don't know if him sitting out these last couple of weeks and he'll be ready for the rivalry game. I think Schley demonstrated last week he's not quite ready for a sort of Division One football in terms of reading defenses. I think you got to go with Chase Griffin and galvanize this team. And I think it helps tremendously that USC is a bottom 10 defense. And all Chase Griffin really has to do is make sure this run game is going and make sure that he's kind of hitting his reads. He doesn't have to be exceptional. As long as he just keeps this team on schedule moving forward, this USC defense is going to fold as it has for the better part of this season. Yeah, and, uh, you know, for all the faults UCLA's offense has, you know, it's it's crazy to look up that they are 13th in the nation still at rushing. So there's still a semblance of, you know, high-level offense in there for UCLA if they can tap into it. Just manage the game, hand the ball off, run it, make the quick, timely throws you need to. Maybe find some time to get it to our guy Sturdivant. Kyle Ford's played on both sides of this rivalry. Maybe he has kind of a renaissance in this game with one of those big plays. And, you know, one of the things, too, I want to ask you, just to kind of play devil's advocate, if Dante Moore is cleared once again, there's a, you know, we don't know what his future is, especially with Chip's future being very uncertain. What if Dante can come out there and deliver a win in this rivalry where you're, he's looking around going, oh, man, like the fan base was so insane when we beat USC. Maybe I want to run it back with whoever this new coach is. You know what I mean? I think that's a big kind of unknown question mark within the UCLA fan base right now is what's going to happen with Dante when Chip gets fired. So if Dante is cleared, a part of me actually wants him ahead of Garbers on that, just for that small opportunity where he can go out he can play the level that we hope him to be and maybe as a, you know, a valuable future here at UCLA. Do you think that's a crazy statement for somebody? No, that- not at all. I think it's I think it's an exceptional point, Will, because 
the world of the transfer portal that we're in, even when you look at both of these teams, Dante Moore has been very attached to Chip. And if you recall, we talked about this last week when Kenny Dillingham left Oregon and went to Arizona State. That's what opened up Dante Moore's commitment. He was committed to Oregon because he was very connected to, to Kenny Dillingham. And then he built that tremendous relationship with Chip. You see it on the other side. Caleb Williams, he's not really a USC Trojan. Caleb Williams is more of a Lincoln Riley guy. And so as we see these players moving forward, their allegiances are more to their coaches that recruited them than the the helmets and the logos that they're playing for. And so by putting Dante out there, and if he can lead an inspiring victory and have a tremendous performance against the arch rival and get immersed in this rivalry, immersed in this program, and understand what it means, that is the ultimate way to say, hey, I'm not just a Chip Kelly recruit. I am a UCLA Bruin. And regardless of who's going to be the coach next year, I want to be here and I want to be the face of this sleeping giant waking up and becoming a decorated legend of this program. So I, I love that angle, Will, and I think that's a very viable one moving forward. And I think it could be a, a key for UCLA's future. Yeah. And, you know, we do this every single week, Madman. I want to give you one player on offense and defense that will potentially dictate the game for UCLA in a potential victory on Saturday. Give me one guy on offense and defense that you're, you know, keying in on as we get closer and closer to game time. Well, I think there's so many questions right now at quarterback. We don't know. And I think that's all, you know, part of the fun here and, and part of the nervousness. I think there is a sense for sure that Carson Steele, regardless of who the quarterback is going to be, is going to get the ball a lot. If not, you know, for a couple of reasons. One is just for stability. The other is to kind of keep the clock moving and shorten the game. And the third is, look, this is just part of this team's identity. So Carson Steele's kind of a given offensively. The guy, I think, when you look at USC season and when they have gotten torched over the course of this year, it has always been a player that can break a game open with speed. And who that is, in my mind, is who is the player that has the most exceptional speed where it is easiest to get him the ball? And that, to me, is Keegan Jones. You know, two years ago, Will, I I sort of said it was the Kaz Allen game. This, This year, to me... I think it's going to be the Keegan Jones game for UCLA. I think this is the game where Keegan Jones, it's 150 yards of total offense, a couple of touchdowns. I think it's going to be a wide open game. This is a Keegan Jones game for UCLA to ultimately prevail. And then on the defensive side of the ball, Will, I think there's some challenges. Uh, Obviously, with dealing with Caleb Williams and the scrambling ability. This is the Latu game. This is the signature Latu game to, to put a rubber stamp on what has been an incredible two-year run at UCLA. Caleb has struggled with pressure, and when that pocket sort of collapses in the interior, and I think the way you pressure Caleb is you have to shrink the pocket. You can't just bring pressure from the sides or bring pressure up front and then be exposed on the other sides of the field. You actually have to collapse the pocket. So to me, the two guys that are going to be able to collapse the pocket, one is Latu on the outside being signature, and the other is Jay Toya. So those are kind of my two uh, co-defensive stalwarts. Jones, Latu, Toya, if those three do what they they can do and they have an opportunity to, the Bruins are going to pull off the upset. I love it, man. And I think that is three awesome players, three awesome picks. Those guys were on the short list for my board as well. And as we progress, you know, to the game, there's a couple guys that I'm looking at, man. And 
given how bad, you know, I know UCLA's passing offense has been bad this year. UCLA's pass defense has been horrendous. I want to see some J. Michael Sturdivant oh. in, in the game, man. We've been waiting for it all season long. We just have not been able to really feed him the ball in space. But, man, just given how bad this defense is, and especially if you throw out a Garbers there for, you know, maybe all of his faults, this guy can still generate long-distance passing down the field, you know? So give me J. Michael Sturdivant to hopefully have a big game in this rivalry. I remember Greg Dulcich going off a couple years ago in 2020. I remember Kaz Allen, you know, terrorizing this defense, the infamous Dorian Thompson-Robbins six-touchdown game that he was able to have at the Coliseum the last time UCLA played there. J. Mike, it's been just a tough, tough year. The targets haven't been there. You got to understand, I think for a lot of people, he's a deep threat wide receiver prospect with how chaotic the offensive line has been and inconsistent. They haven't been able to generate enough time for them to sit back in the pocket and find a J. Mike, you know, three to four seconds into the play, which is a lot of time. But that's what it takes from uh, J. Mike to kind of go through his route tree of those deep threats that he wants to be. So, J. Mike, I, I want to see it, man. I think this is the game we're going to open it up and maybe get some J. Michael Sturdivant out there. And the last guy, you mentioned Law, too, who's been an awesome Bruin there. Darius Mwasau, man. Yep. Darius Mwasau. This guy's going to be a first-team All-Pac-12 linebacker at season's end. He was a second-team all-linebacker last year within the Pac-12. This guy is just a stud, man. This guy is balling the hell out. We love our guy Darius Muwas out here at UCLA. Just a, a great leader, a guy that comes out there and plays with passion every single down. Great in pass coverage, great against the run. Just doesn't have a lot of deficiencies. The only thing I could say is he's a little undersized. He is awesome, man. We love Darius Muwas out on the football field for UCLA. And one sneaky guy, if you're going to get a game ceiling interception against UCLA, the guy who's been able to do it all year long is Alex Johnson. Alex Johnson. If he can just force that one interception from Caleb when we need it most, I think, you know, the odds are ever in our favor for UCLA to come out there and maybe get a victory. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in to the Bruin Bible, to ESPN Radio. We've got a lot of good stuff coming for you guys. Game day, obviously, tomorrow. Head coaching change. Maybe on the horizon, we'll have all the news updated here for LA Football Network. But most importantly, have an awesome Friday afternoon and go Bruins as we head into the Victory Bell Week.